Hello, lovely people, and welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a PYB Teacher. I am Lou Gerlach with Think Chat, and welcome to confession number 91. We are going to look at the what and why of personal inquiry. I am super excited because I am co-leading a book club with Aga Hoynaska Al-Atat and Kirti Kala. And we are focusing on the book by Kath Murdoch called Getting Personal with Inquiry Learning. This just launched a month ago, and I am already loving this book. I've read several sections of this book, and I have found so many nuggets of wisdom and goodness that I want to add to and strengthen my philosophy of education. And what's so exciting is each week we're going to explore two to three sections of this book and apply them to our practice within the book club. And this podcast is going to serve as a reflection tool of the book club experience, as well as some of the readings that I've had a chance to dive into. For this first book club um, episode, actually, I won't lie, I had altitude sickness. I was in the Colorado Rockies leading an IV workshop, and I felt I was so unwell. I started to cry because I really wanted to be there for the first episode, but Kirti was our champion. And so I really took the time to reflect on this first episode on what this first part of the book meant to me. And going forward, we're going to merge those two experiences together of what it meant to the participants as well. So who is this book about personal inquiry for? And Kath, oh, she's so eloquent, as we know. She states that, you know, besides educators and parents and leaders and policymakers, this book has been written for our young people so they can experience a stronger personal connection between what they care about and what they're learning at school. That says it all, doesn't it? what they care about and what they're learning at school. And for many of our kiddos, there is a massive disconnect there. And what we're trying to do is bridge the gap with this book club by reading texts like this so that we can find ways to bridge from what they're learning at school to what they care about. Isn't that exciting? I am so excited about this as a personal inquiry of my own, of stretching my own thinking and getting me to go beyond where I've gone before. And who better to learn from than Kath Murdoch? My goodness, this woman has been inspiring so many educators from around the world for so long because of her passion for inquiry. And I have been waiting for this book for a while, so I'm so glad it's in my hands and that I'm getting to read it. Okay, I need to stop gushing and fangirling. So how do we create personal inquiry? First, we have to understand what inquiry is and what does it mean to make it personal so we can put them together to create something unique. So inquiry, this is what Kath says about inquiry, which is so beautiful to me. And inquiry is generally driven by questions and these questions may arise from a need, a problem, a puzzle, or an interest. Hello, how many of us have really stopped 
to think about the purpose of the questions we ask. A need, a problem, a puzzle, or an interest. Whoa. Now that's a lot more tangible. Now that there's a pathway that you can connect this to other things that we're doing, right? She continues on to say there are numerous contexts and approaches that lend themselves to learning through inquiry. While these may differ in emphasis, they all position learning as an act of exploration and construction. Now, she has quite a few listed, and you need to refer to her book in order to see the complete list. But here are some that have resonated with me in my practice, such as play-based learning, getting learners to play with ideas and materials to construct their understanding of the world. Then there's problem-based, um, where you pose a different real-life open-ended problems for students to solve. While you do also project-based, where they're creating projects or artifacts or models in order to solve and, you know, create projects. Then my favorite, oh my goodness, is design thinking. Going through that whole natural process that we do as we're trying to um, empathize and go through the process of evolving as people. Then there's place-based learning, which is something new to me of how understanding certain places um, and how they construct our understanding of the world. And that really, to me, is local and global inquiry. And then, of course, as a PYP practitioner, those units of inquiry. And I want to incorporate elements of all of these other ones into my units. It's so vast, and they all have different purposes. But what I love is that they're equally fabulous in their own way. And we can take bits and bobs of them to infuse our practice so we give more agency to our learners and give them more control. So what does it mean to be personal? When we make personal connections to our learning, for what does that mean? And here's what Kath purports it is not, 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 not. That made me stop and think, oh boy. What, while differentiation is important, it is not the same as making it personal. So many of us think, oh, when we hear agency, voice, choice, and ownership, on giving choice, that is not personalized because that's still one size fits all. It's not personalized. She continues to say the term personalized is used in a range of ways. One definition suggests that pathways are designed for individuals by educators. Right there, you can tell right there, mm -mm, this is not personalized, an educator is involved. And goals are set and tracked for each learner in one or more subject areas. Learners may be working at their own pace through a program designed by or negotiated with educators. Once again, that's not personalized. Right there, it has educator all over it. Where is the learner? I don't know. They're consulted, right? Um, so that's, oh, that, yeah, no, uh, sorry. That, that I already see no buy-in there. So Cass states that there is a difference between simply learning something that is itched at the right level for you and learning that, something that you are personally 
genuinely invested in. Totally different. I don't know about you, but this has really made me pause and think. I think back on, just as an educator, but as a learner, how many times have you been voluntold to be on a committee rather than being told, here are the available committees that are out there. Which one lends more to your personal interest? You're going to have greater buy-in. You're going to have greater excitement if you get to choose which committee you go on to, right? Because it's something that's of a passion for you. And personally speaking, I have been allocated to certain committees that I didn't know anything about. And so then I had to spend hours trying to research what the heck is the big idea. And then to come find out, I didn't like the big idea. And so there was no buy-in. And of course, there was no passion associated. So that is what we're talking about from our lens. So why would we do this then to learners? So then if we take personal and inquiry and put them together, that equals personal inquiry. So now that we've strived to understand each component, what exactly is personal inquiry? Kath states that personal inquiry is about the needs, the interests, passions of each learner being met through opportunities for them to inquire. While personal, these opportunities do not preclude collaboration with others. In fact, the process of engaging in a personal inquiry inevitably involves collaboration with others in order, for example, to gather expert information, receive feedback, or share learning. Think about every time that you have personally inquired and tried to do something on your own within and beyond school. How many times have you reached out to your best friend, colleagues, your parents, people that you, mentors, people that you value, and you've run your ideas by them to try to get validation. Am I on the right track? You know, am I seeing the big picture? Are there any things that I'm missing that could add to it or deepen it? We have those exchanges because we want to get appropriate feedback and feed forward so that we can make it better. So st our students need these opportunities where they're purposeful and they're there to help them move their work forward. So Kath states that having agency and your learning and being part of the decision making about what, how, when, where, and with whom you will learn is not a treat or reward. It is a right. And how many times in a traditional classroom setting, even a PYP setting, do we tell students, if you complete this task, then I'll let you work with your friend, that, your best friend in the classroom. Yikes. Remember, working with each other and growing, all of those things, it's not a reward, it's a right. So why should we do this personal inquiry? My goodness, there's so many reasons why we need to honor personal inquiry in our practice. And I was just oh, overwhelmed with the goodness that Cass suggests. And so I had to curate and limit myself because I could talk forever um, about her ideas. But these are some of the ideas that really resonated with me to me that are the, at the core. 
Curiosity is at the heart of the inquiry classroom. Inquiry both activates and is activated by curiosity. So there's that reciprocity there between inquiry and curiosity. Love this. Inquiry strengthens transferable skills and dispositions needed throughout our lives. Totally agree with this. We're trying to create wonderful young little humans, not test takers, not people who can regurgitate information, but people who can think and feel and change this world. And oh, I so resonated with this one. The most powerful inquiry is concept-based. I did not realize this until I went through the Lynn Erickson Institute, how much concepts and that relationship between inquiry matter because that gives us that context of understanding and why does this matter and when learners are engaged oh and this is what Cass says sorry when learners are engaged in learning with real purpose and real audiences and are taking real action they see the relevance and meaning in their learning how many times have we as educators taken and planned a real unit with real purpose, created real audiences, taken real action, and there was no validation support from our leaders. Then that dulls that experience. We still keep doing it for our kids, but it breaks our heart a little bit. And that's how our students feel when there aren't a relevant and meaningful constructs there to help them to become good little humans. So all of these ideas resonated with me because it reminded me of my own learning journey. I can remember a handful of teachers who that really saw me, right? And ironically, they were all these strong, independent women who shaped my identity as a learner. And the commonality between all of them is they asked more than they could that they told they saw my potential and shared their observations with me and they gave me time and space to figure things out on my own and all of the other educators labeled me as an english language learner asian shy girl compliant but what's so sad is they didn't see me as a learner they only saw me as a label and they didn't see my potential and i'm so grateful for the teachers who did see my potential in fourth grade and sixth grade and then again in college and the last paragraph of this section that we're focusing in on touched me the most because you could really feel Kath's heart come onto the page. And that is for me, something that's really resonated with me lately is this connection between the head, the heart and the hands. How's everything relating to that we're doing related to the head, heart and hands. And that's what this whole set, you know, these couple sections that we've already read really resonated to all parts of that. And this closing part 
is how I'm going to end this episode with you. Cast states, when I sit with a young learner engaged in an exploration of something they really care about, and when I can show them that I am there to support that passion, that I am truly with them, listening and learning with them, I feel I am my most authentic self as an educator. These are the moments when I feel my head and heart are working together and when my teaching soul is nurtured. This is an incredibly powerful experience. I couldn't agree more. I can't wait to continue this journey with you. Please, if you want to join this book club experience, even if you don't have the book, Send me a DM on Twitter. Uh, look for me, Lou Gerlach, L-U-G-E-R-L-A-C-H, um, either on Twitter or LinkedIn. You can also find me under ThinkChat2020. Please join us because we would love to hear your voice, your ideas, and to share with you the ideas of Kath in this magical book. Can't wait to continue on this journey and learn some more. Talk to you later.